Today, we're introducing the subject of prayer. Shout glory. Shout glory. glory. We obviously cannot finish, but we'll do our best. So, first of all, what is prayer? Heavenly Father, as we look at your word, we are changed. We are Prayer is communication with the Lord. Luke chapter 1, chapter 11 from verse 1. Luke 11 from verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. I can imagine, the Bible says, when he ceased. I can imagine the kind of, do you know that? They came out, they were watching him. Half of them came away, they were looking at him praying. And when he ceased, like when the generator went off, when he ceased, they, they were like, give us this thing. Are you with me? Teach us to pray. I cannot forget 100 level. They had, they had many what they call floor chaplain. And I gathered my guys. I said, let's pray. When we are done, they say, sir, you, you need to. <laughs> it's my level, me as I call him Mr. Day first. You need to do this thing. It needs to enter. Let the guests enter. You know what I did? After we were done with the exam, I took them to the field. I know I took like three or four guys. I know Kola Wale was there. I know Charles Idowu was there. I said, let's go to the field. So we are going to pray for one hour. It was calm. So we start by four. So sorry, but we start by three. So three people on the field went. Lift up your voice. Pray like a man with fire in your spirit. So somebody said, in Jesus' name. I said, we are still praying. <laughs> See, those guys, we prayed from three to seven. Anytime they want to round out the prayer, in Jesus' name, instead of in Jesus' name we pray, I was saying, in Jesus' name we are still praying. By the time we were done, by 7 a.m., everyone was bright. I said, ha! One said, I've never prayed this long in my life before. I said, welcome. He says, when he sees, they said unto him, Master, teach us to pray. As John also taught the disciples. Verse 2. And said unto them, when ye pray, say our Father. Everybody say our Father. So it is pr- primarily communication with God. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Communication with God. One of the disciplines of spirituality is that you will learn to communicate with God. You will learn to talk to God. You will learn to talk to him. Many people talk to everybody else about their issues except God. Saying, Father, I just want to thank you for my day. Let me tell you, even if you are not here speaking in tongues, if you learn to talk to God, just open up yourself and be talking to him. Father, concerning this job, I don't know. There is something going on in my office. Please, Holy Spirit of God, you know about it. Show me what to do. Hasn't happened to you before where you're looking for a biro, you're looking for a pen or maybe your key or your wallet. And you, while you're inside, you're like, God, just please help me find this thing. And in that simple prayer, Lord, please help me find this thing. You went one, two, and you found it. Has that happened to you before? Or you're in a tight corner, you're like, God, please just help me. What does that tell you? He heard you. Tell your neighbor, talk to God. Tell another person, talk to God. 
a minister, you don't know how to talk to God. The pressure will kill you. Ask to pray like this. Say this service. <laughs> Souls shall be saved. <laughs> My God. Zuala. <laughs> Kapato You come. <laughs> a pastor came to see me for counseling. He said, Man of God. I said, I put flyers out. I did everything. And I came for the inaugural service. It was only one person. Inaugural service. I told everybody that knows me in this life. I called everybody. One person came. He said, Pastor, I brought as I crying. I said, Did you talk to God? You will learn to go back and say, Lord, I obeyed you. And hear what he will say. You pray, you talk to him. I said, don't, no, but don't expect any other person to encourage you because you are in ministry to encourage other people. They came to receive, are you with me? They came to receive help from you. <laughs> they came to receive succor from you. So your first encourager is God. Your first support system as a pastor, God, you see, you and God are supposed to be like boyfriend and girlfriend. I'm serious. Such that you are so synced and soaked into him yesterday. When I was preached towards the end of the service, and I said, I see. And I said, I saw somebody's, something that has to do with the person's private part. And I actually specified. They were here. They came. Not one. More than one. So it dawned on me that if not by the Spirit, people can be going through something so deep. Are you with me? And God has started moving already. They are healed in Jesus you, you are God supposed to be like five and six. Soaked and swinged into God. Instead, if there's any word. That you can look at people and you've stayed with God long enough. I can't, I'll tell you the truth. I don't have all the knowledge like that every time. But that's one. Like a smoke, it just came out and I saw it. Sometimes you see people and you feel a burden to pray for them. Tell your neighbor, talk to God. I will tell you the truth. I'm not competing with anybody. Um, see, I'm just serving God. God is my friend. I'm his friend. Finish. <laughs> Are you with me? There's no pressure. If I come for this service and we're only three, you know now, sometimes three of you gather at me and I'll teach you for one hour. <laughs> sometimes we can finish the service and we'll stand outside and I'll start talking. Two hours has gone. Service don't hold now. Hey, my God. Kalapurakata. One of the services that we taught, Charismata, 2019, we're four. If you have listened to Charismata, the power in that message, we are four in that service, four human beings in that service. Somebody who was pulling us from Abuja, listened to the service, said he listened to that service. The disease that had been troubling for years disappeared never to return again. Praise the Lord. So number one prayer is what? Communication with God. Number two, prayer is what? It's a place of spiritual transaction. Mark chapter 11 from verse 24. Kalaparakate. I sense this June, fire will fall in this house. <laughs> prayer fire. I said, prayer fire will fall in this house. Amen. I cannot hear your amen. amen. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. It says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at how we separated desire from prayer. Mm. He says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray. So, 
while you are in prayer, you can begin to desire something. He's saying that if you desire that thing and you bring it to the place of prayer, are you with me? Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And this is one of the principles of prayer. Many people pray as though they are not going to receive answers. I'll teach more about this in prayer of faith. Let me tell you something. When you pray about something, believe that you have received them and ye shall have them. So, there is a timeline between receiving and having. See it here. Believe that ye receive them. So, when you pray about a thing, pray knowing I have received. Say after me, I have received. Believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Look at the next verse. Verse 25. And when ye stand praying, see it again. Forgive. Oh, so that means prayer is not all about what you desire to receive. You can actually stand praying and then forgive. So in prayer, you can forgive. That means prayer is a platform for spiritual transactions such that in prayer, you can receive, you can forgive, you can desire, you can hear, you can... Are you with me? Has something not been bothering you before and you were in church, you were praying about it. You were praying about something else. And you were, while praying about something else, the thing that was bothering you died out. Or you, somebody annoyed you and you were like, after this service, I'm going to give him the peace of my mind. When he hears, when I'm done with him, hey God. Then as you are praying, right now let's pray for Nigeria. Every evil in Nigeria, as you are praying, it seems like somebody came and said, when you go back, don't shout again. Calm down. You know what's happening? When you stand praying, the Spirit of God has worked on you to do what? Forgive. Because prayer is not just a place to receive answers. Prayer is not just even a place to communicate with God. It's a place of spiritual transaction. You and God can partner. You can do things with the Spirit of them. Let me tell you, anybody that does anything with the Spirit of them has this thing called prayer. Every religion prays. If you want to, even if it's a demon spirit, there must be a time where you do transaction with him. There must be a time you create out to pay attention to this thing. So that's two simple definitions. Prayer is communication with God. And number two, prayer is a place of spiritual transaction. Hallelujah. Let's look at some more verses. Philippians 4, verse 4. It reads, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, again I say, rejoice. Shout glory. glory. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Glory. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. I, I cannot explain, but I'm just happy. Ah. You know, when you see, Kaya Papokopete, normally, we rejoice not because of the way we feel. Are you with me? We rejoice because we are doing the word of God. But when you begin to sense rejoicing brooding in your spirit, man, the Holy Ghost is telling you something good is coming. That you have to rejoice and seize it. <laughs> and right now I'm feeling something. Kai. Glory! Hey! Hey! <laughs> rejoice! And the Lord always, again I say, rejoice. Verse 5, he says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6, and that's where I'm going to. You can just put the scripture on the screen. It says, be careful for nothing. Verse 6, be careful for nothing or be anxious for nothing. Everybody read that verse together. One, two, three, go. 
Be careful for nothing. Meaning, be anxious for nothing. Be worried about nothing. Why should you not be worried about anything or you should be anxious about nothing? Because in everything by prayer. So instead of worrying, be praying. If you have many things to, to get you worried, then you have many things to pray about. Are you with me? Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Say amen. amen. So how do you know that you have prayed? You pray till you have peace. You pray till you can no longer worry about the same things that bothered you. Are you with me? You pray till you have peace, which passes all understanding. You pray to the point where, even though you've not seen the answer, you have a reason to be peaceful. You've not seen the answer, but there is peace in your heart. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind. The word there, keep, is actually garrison, meaning to, to set bars around your heart and mind. You can no longer worry. Have you prayed about something and to worry about it becomes an issue? You pray about it to the point where you want to worry. This thing, God don't do them. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But there is a phrase in verse 6 I love so much. Be anxious, be careful for nothing, or be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. Somebody say, everything by prayer. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So, that means prayer is not just a small thing. Listen, a man of God said something years ago, and I think I agree with him. He said the biggest molecule of a true believer's life is prayer. Now, the way they check your life, they will see plenty praying is true. I agree with him. Because of the next verse I want to show you. Second Thessalonians, sorry, First Thessalonians chapter 5 from verse 17. Or let's start from verse 16. First Thessalonians 5 verse 16. Rejoice evermore. Now, just the same way that time he said rejoice again, I say rejoice, and he dovetailed into prayer. You will see him say, rejoice evermore. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Hmm. Do you realize that even this statement, it almost looks like an impossibility? Because there's only one thing you do without ceasing. But for him to say, pray without ceasing, that means prayer should be so much in your life that they say, that guy, they breathe prayer, I beg. How can they pray? Pray without ceasing. And this instruction was not given to prayer warriors. I don't even know where that. Well, I, I get their point. But every child of God ought to be a prayer warrior. I, I agree with praying war, prayer warrior, but prayer mant, praying mantis, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a mantis in Jesus' name. I believe that there are some things that should be part of what is called a normal Christian life. Are you with me? One of them is praying. Those days in the university, we used to have what is called um, prayer squad. Prayer unit, prayer squad. Many people thought I was part of the prayer squad because of the way I prayed. Until one day they asked me, what unit are you in? I said, I was in word study unit. Ah, word study. You see, because we believe that people that are worldful, they are not prayerful like that. The people who are prayerful, they don't know Bible. <laughs> no, no, no. I said, I'm a Christian. Are you with me? 
My life reveals Christ. After me, my life reveals Christ. So you cannot just say, I'm a word person, I'm a prayer person, I'm a love person, I'm an evangelistic person. Are you with me? I'm a gentle person, I'm a kind person. Be saying after me, I'm a word person. I'm a prayer person. I'm a miracle person. I'm a love person. I'm a gentle person. And I'm a prosperous person. Amen. Praise the Lord. Everything by prayer. Then he says this one, pray without ceasing. That means there can never be too much of prayer. Some say instead of them to be praying, instead of them to be walking, they'll be praying. Don't see that those don't make those kind of statements. They came and asked Jesus, eh, Jesus, should we pay tax? Jesus said, Give me your coin. He says, Whose face and inscription is on this coin? He said, Caesar's. He says, Give to Caesar the thing that belongs to Caesar's. And to God, are things that belong to God. Don't come and mix hard work and prayer. Prayer has its place. Hard work has its place. You need to do the both of them. Are you with me? Give to the things that belong to work to work. And give to prayer the things that belong to prayer. Amen. Amen. So quickly, as we begin to round up. Number one. So why must we pray? Number one. Prayer is a privilege and an honor. I'll spend five minutes on this and we'll close. Prayer is what? A privilege and an honor. So it's a privilege as well as an honor. Do you realize that there are some people in your life that if you, if you make a statement that you have a relationship with them, that you communicate with them, do you know that people, don't, people will take you as a big person? In fact, from there on, they will not disrespect you again. Imagine I just told you that, praise God, I just want to thank God for how God is helping Nigeria. I just had a meeting with the president and we're talking about... You'll be like, with who? You said with who? So I, I'm telling you, I just came back from Abuja. I, I went to see the president and we're talking about some of the things we need to put in order in the country. And we, I prayed for him and we talked about some things. We had lunch together. You'll be like, you, the president of Nigeria. Hey, <laughs> okay, you may doubt me. Then maybe something happens and you actually find out that it's true. Do you realize that your perspective of me will change? When somebody tells you that, I just spoke with the governor. Wait. You're like, ah. Or if the person tells you, I went to see the governor, you will respect the person. When the person now tells you, the governor sends for me. Ah. It goes a little higher. Are you with me? Then that is how it leads. When you tell somebody, I just finished talking to God. That means the privilege of talking to God alone. That, that you can talk to God. <laughs> hey. That you can say, I spoke to God. It's a privilege. So prayer is a privilege and it's an honor. A good example of this we see is in the book of Genesis. Adam was created in God's presence. He was moving around in the garden and all of that. And all of a sudden he sinned against God and he had to. Leave the garden. That thing that was coming free, when, when he sinned against God and he had to be taken out of the garden, he answered, ah, <laughs> oh God. It's not as easy as it looks. Are you with me? That you have the privilege of talking to God. Let me tell you, imagine you are a big man. Eh? And 
you have a servant in your house, maybe someone that works, and because of the, how big you are and how busy you are, how very busy you are, you don't really have time for the stewards of your house. You are so busy, just come there, your food is set, you do your thing, and you are, st- you are such a big man. Are you with me? You know that people like that? Then imagine you have a cook, one of the stewards in the house, and you came back from Dubai or somewhere, and you said, come, I want to talk to you. Then you are waiting for him. 30 minutes, he doesn't show up. One hour, he doesn't show up. Then he comes the next day. In the afternoon, I said, eh, sir, you said I should come and see you. What will you do? You, you, you'll be like, are you okay? Do you know my schedule? Do you, are you with me? You'll be like, like, is there anything? Is there coin in your head? <laughs> because the, 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 the Gulf of difference between you and that person. He should see that if you send for him. Are you with me? For instance, there are people that will call me now. <laughs> we will be laughing. At I'm coming. I remember when January 10th, 2020, I was praying and God told me, my servant, Archbishop Amaga, will be sent for you. I said, ah, if I if it happens. <laughs> It was not up to one day after that prayer, and the Lord told me that. My mom called me and said, see, to, to, to tell you the levels, it was not that he called her. They called the bishop <laughs> that was here. Then I called somebody that said, okay, tell him, tell the mother that I want to see the son. <laughs> I you seen the steps of ladders? <laughs> Before he eventually got to me. So I finally gathered myself. I couldn't. I knew that that call, <laughs> everything on that thing I had to suspend. And how much more when God says, come. When, when God, that created the heavens and the earth, summons you to come and pray, and you refuse to pray. Prayer is one of the biggest signs of, of pride. Prayerlessness, I mean, is one of the biggest signs of pride in a man's heart. Come and pray. No. When God summons you, say, I've opened the door, come. Are you following me? Even as you are, are, you you have younger ones and people under you that if you tell them to come and see, you want to talk to them. And if they don't come, you feel like slapping them. How can I tell you to come and you don't want to come? (laughs) Maybe you even want to give them a gift or advise them. Are you with me? So prayer is a privilege. Prayer is a privilege. Ah, I saw a verse of the Bible and this is where we will close. We will continue on Thursday. Have you been blessed today? Jeremiah 20 verse 21. It says, And their nobles shall be of themselves. Meaning from, their, from them I will bring out nobles. Are you with me? From your congregation I will bring out nobles. Amen. And their nobles shall be of themselves, and their governor shall proceed from the midst of them, and I will cause him to draw near, and he shall approach unto me. Say amen. amen. That's a prophecy of what he did in Christ. He has brought us near. <laughs> he has caused us to come near. Satan so has brought me near. I'm no longer far. He has brought me close to himself. It says, and I will cause him to draw near, and he shall approach unto me. For who is this that engaged his heart to approach unto me, says the Lord. Ah, I thought I had the one doing it. So, first of all, he will be the one to do it. 
But you will have to follow it up. Are you with me? So he has caused you to draw near, but you must also engage your heart to draw near. He has caused you to approach unto him, but you must engage yourself to approach unto him. Praise the Lord. And I will cause him. Say after me, he has brought me near. He has brought me near. I'm no longer far away from him. I am where he is. We are together. Glory! For who is this that engages his heart to approach unto me, said the Lord? So that means, in the body of Christ, he has brought all of us near, but there are some of us that will engage our hearts. Are you with me? Are you seeing that? He has opened the door for everybody, but there are those that will engage themselves to come. I pray for you that in this month, you will be part of those who will engage yourself. To take advantage of the privilege of prayer. To take advantage of the honor of prayer. I will end with this quote by the great man of God, J.C. Ryle. He says, kings kneel to be crowned. Therefore, dear believer, the next time you kneel to pray, remember, you are kneeling to be crowned, to reign with him. Father, we give you praise.